Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by the fans for the fans of the Houston Astros. Now your host, Rob Fontenot and Michelle Need. Good evening, everybody. We are back for another episode of Astros Baseball Podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, one half of the best co-hosting podcasting duo in the game. Uh, I have tonight with me filling filling in for Rob. I have Mario. Mario, uh, you want to give our uh, listeners a great hello? Hey, hello, everybody. How's it going? How's it going, Michelle? It's going good. Um, before we dive into our special guest we have tonight, I want to give a shout out to Ram Shirts. Go to ramshirts.com for all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. They have some, and if you are looking for a shirt that you can still wear to the ballpark but not get uh, tagged by security, they have an excellent shirt that they just put out. It's a, a, a generic, non-inciting Houston shirt. Uh, which I thought was uh, extremely clever on their part. And if you go to their website, um, you, if you spend $50, you get 20% off, or you get free shipping for orders over 25 using the code SHIP. Um, and that is only one promo per order. But yeah, go to Ram Shirts. They have, they brought you crushed CDTs. They have the King Tuck shirts. Honestly, it's a, it's, it's a great company. But... We also have with us tonight a special, special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Happy to do so, Michelle. Thanks for having me. This is Din Man. I am a native Houstonian, native uh, Astros person to a great extent. Grandfather was the first owner of the team, was the person behind creating the Astrodome, pulled together a lot of great support, and was actually handpicked by other power brokers at the time to bring baseball to Houston, to make it happen, go put a presentation in front of the owners. Fast forward a long time in my life. I spent 17 years at Major League Baseball, starting up at MLB.com and taking over the team sites for all of the clubs and doing the at-bat app and all of the mobile apps for the teams and building out something that became the, the OTT spin-out technology that Disney Plus uses and ESPN Plus uses. So it's uh, been a heck of a thing, and I've been coming back and forth to Houston quite a bit, bit in recent months because I'm working on something very exciting that I think will be uh, will have Houston in its future. Oh so, my gosh! Can we like do we is that is that like NDA type information? Are we? That's you know what? That's a whole nother episode. Oh right! And, you know what? It's it's awesome, and and I'm so excited about it. And there's so many great people down there who are doing exciting things. Even the stuff like you just talked about with you know, people like Ram Shirts and people like the Apollo 
Houston folks and, you know, the creativity that they show. And it's funny, the camaraderie you see that happens on Twitter is a little different than, than what you see on the field sometimes uh, with the players. But I, I'm, I'm, it's funny, the Twitter and, and social media has brought so many people together in such exciting ways. And then for the for not only the Astros, but the Astros fans to be walking around with targets, uh, I guess not only on their backs, but on their fronts and on their hats is uh, <laughs> is quite a thing. Yeah, I reside in enemy territory. And um, after the, the scandal broke uh, in January of 2020 last year, I was I wasn't going to stop like it's. So what? There was a scandal that broke. Was were they doing everything by the book? No, but they weren't doing anything different than anybody else. So I, I'm still gonna. In fact, it made me go harder for the Astros. Like that's nothing's gonna stop me. That's what I'm saying. And I got a lot of dirty looks. I am a, <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter, and probably rightfully so, because I'm not like. Well, you're not I a shrinking. You're not a shrinking violet. You 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 fight back. Um, you fight back pretty hard. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I have seen, I was telling Mario this, that I am, will try to be a little bit more uh, family friendly with my uh, clapbacks. Uh, well, just so, you, just, so you, just so you don't wind up in the breakfast club so often um, and only all the time, <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah. it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a fun place to be. At least you're not literally having to go somewhere on Saturday morning for half the day. Um, to serve your serve your your suspensions, but it's uh, it's an it's a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a thing. I didn't, by the way, I didn't know that they were uh, security was approaching people at Astros games for doing like uh, merchandise that was you know a little bit over the line or or showing showing marks or was that what happens when somebody well, has? They well, said so. There were shirts that said like um, it had like the Astros like H like um, it said yeah. hate us and the H was like the In Astros the star. logo. Yeah. And uh, security, I guess, stopped a few because pe- some people posted it on social media that security stopped a few people because they um, those shirts would be incite would uh, work to incite uh, violence, hmm. which um, I don't really agree with because. I've seen far worse. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just about the logo. If they would have just said it's about the logo, they would they would they would they would be within there. That's enough. They can say that. And so yeah. you got to you got to be you can be clever, but you can't be ambush on your own team. Which is why I chuckle at all these people putting out merchandise in these other cities. Uh, the guy I saw the thing today was the the guy who bought a bunch of uh, foam foam asterisks and um, tried to sell. <laughs> Sell those at Dodger at Dodger, Dodger fans. It's like I think the Dodgers would rather you actually buy Dodger merchandise. Just you know, call me crazy, but I think the Dodgers want to get every bit of commerce um, revenue that they can to support that amazing payroll that they have. That's what I mean. Who somebody quote tweeted it, and it was like a Dodgers fan, um, and I forgot which one, or maybe it was a Yankees fan, but they were like, "Oh yeah, orange out the stadium when they come to play. That'll really show them." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will tell you this. So yesterday during the game, I try to watch every, I try to see every game live, but I was, uh, had to run an errand. And I think this was related to this podcast. We were going to do something yesterday. So I had this microphone that, that had the wrong kind of connector on my new laptop. And so I went down to Staples and anyway, I was listening to Steve Sparks on the air and Steve said, uh, a really great observation. I hadn't really thought about why they play so well on the road this year, especially, but he said, you know, because people are all over them, that the Astros don't go into any series 
with kind of a without an edge, without 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 an edge to their to their approach, you know, without an intensity to the way they're playing. So they really have to treat every series like they're in kind of a hostile situation. They're in a situation where people are going to be on them. So they just they're playing with a playoff like atmosphere everywhere they go, even if the crowds are small, that there's this level of intensity and a level of of emotion that is pulled out of them um, from the moment they get to that 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 city in which they're playing. And it's so um, insightful for for um, for Steve to have shared that. And at the same time, it also reminds you that that the hypocrisy of it all anyway. I mean, this series they're they're entering right now, and people may not listen to this until after the first game, but I mean, they're going to a city where the team is run by two executives who were right there with and alongside Jeff Luno and everything that was done at the Astros in running the front office. So you just, people trying to have it both ways in places like Milwaukee where they have the same thing in the front office or places like New York where Beltron played and then came to the team and brought, brought a level of, of uh, urgency to catching up and to doing things that would be uh, to their competitive benefit and putting aside that the the system itself that they used was was hardly um, super reliable. So there's so many facts in the case that just get get brushed away, and so many other factors to it, and so many other players who are not even there anymore and playing somewhere else. And I remember I gave somebody a hard time not long ago, to maybe about a year ago, about how they called it the Astros scandal, and I'm like, you know, you might just want to relax with the fact that it's just considered like an Astros quote scandal. Both words are kind of wrong in my book. Um, they did something wrong. They did something that was against the spirit of what was going on, but there's a lot of revisionist history nonsense that goes into this topic because I was at MLB through 17 from 2001 through 2017, through the postseason run into the winter meetings after that, after that season. And this whole issue with electronics and replay and the conversation about when replay got instituted and how quickly it got instituted and how things were going on and people were testing electric fence, it was all very real. And teams were getting kind of slapped on the wrist and the Astros made themselves out to be a more obvious target. Um, you know, they were the deer, you know, right by the feeder, just, just munching away and not realizing what was aimed at them. And, but just a month before this memo goes out, or right about the time this memo goes out, it's already August of 17. And a memo goes out saying, we might slap you on the wrist, we might take away draft picks, yada, yada, yada. And a team gets that in August of a season. They have 30 days left basically to play. They're going to keep playing the way they've been playing, and a GM's going to make a decision whether he's going to share that memo or not share that memo. And team's going to play, and they're going to knock off certain things. Again, not entirely effective anyway. And it was what it was. So the reality is that this whole thing has been been treated like it was some sort of a, an amazing discovery. First of all, all the findings came out in the form of basically what you'd get in a news release. Here's what we found. Here's what we said. Here's what we were able to get. He had one guy who was a, a whistleblower, and that's okay. I don't begrudge him. I really don't. But... Let's just not revise the history of it. The history of it is they came out with findings because they got people to testify. They told people to testify that they'd give them immunity. The guys got immunity, and they thought that, okay, well, that maybe means um, this isn't going to get out, or maybe it means that I'm not going to personally get in trouble, but the reality is I'm going to come clean. 
And then the union and others realize, hey, wait a second, why are you guys telling them everything? Just because they give you immunity doesn't mean you have to cooperate quite as much as you are. So you had just this whole, you know, whatever, this spiral of, of weirdness, including what's happened to Carlos Beltran? Why is Carlos Beltran public enemy number one in the sport when, when Cora's managing again, when Hinch is managing again? So it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating case study about people and how they can be manipulated. And I'm speaking of fandom in general. Because the um, the vitriol is so naive and gullible and misplaced, but you know we're here to to wear it and to uh, try to make sure that the story in the long run is correct. And I think that maybe at some point it will be. It's just going to take a lot of time. I I definitely agree. I think that um, and I know that uh, I am super guilty of. Uh, I'm super guilty of like digging my heels in and being a homer. Uh, sometimes I just, I don't think being a homer is a bad thing. Honestly, when you root for the, when you're from one of the greatest cities in the world and you root for one of the best team, the best team in baseball, heck, I'm going to say it. I think they're going to, you know, I think people who hide that they root for a team are, are a lot scarier than the people who, who reveal that they root for a team. Um, yeah. a much bigger problem when you have people in the media who actually like teams and don't admit it or show it because that's definitely there. It is rampant. It's rampant throughout media. People have favorite teams. They have teams they watch growing up. They have teams they rooted for. And if you don't think it affects the way they approach something, uh, you're wrong. And if you don't think it affects the way they play to the audience that they have on Twitter so they don't have to wind up fighting people off um, the way others do, then it's also, you know, a serious, serious uh, lack of lack of uh, awareness because they do. And, you know, they have, they have audiences. They know who's listening to them. They know who's watching them. And this whole thing with Ryan Spader was just um, stupid and not on not on Ryan's part. Ryan just got got uh, got scared. Uh, it's basically all that happened was that he posted something and, and he'd been he'd been holding it in for a while and building it up for a long time. Had been frustrated with his own search to try to get into the industry. I mean, this is a guy who's a uh, a veteran who's who's uh, a terrific person, who's honest, who loves the game, works hard, posted something that was it was uh, a long time coming uh, to a great extent and didn't really back down from what he found he may have made it appear that he did um, in the way that he posted what he posted. Uh, but he made the calculation that it's a long life and that he wasn't prepared for the vitriol. And he also wasn't working from, from, from a place of comfort protected by a shield of any kind, you know, like, like a league or like a network or a major news organization. So he was alone in doing that and saw the vulnerability and I hit the, hit the eject button and I uh, feel bad that that's the way that went down, but it does not, um, as some people decided to just pile on and say, oh, well, see, I guess it is actually hard to be a reporter. That is the biggest bunch of horse shit I have ever seen. Uh, when that became the reaction, it was like, man, people are doing, they are reporting from essentially news releases um, that are just fed to them as opposed to really taking a, a minute to just figure out, okay, where did this come from? And maybe why did it come down and just have a conversation, reach out. It's not hard, but reporting is not what it once was. Um, you have people buying into just uh, what they're handed 
um, as if that's case closed. And you know what? Uh, it's just uh, indicative of the layers thinning out within a bunch of media companies, and they just don't have as much editorial oversight as they uh, as they once did. Uh, but that's true, not just in sports. It's true across news altogether. And so we're we're kind of in a in a definitely a uh, it's like the movie The Incredibles when when everyone's a superhero, no one will be. When everyone's a journalist, no one will be. So that's how I look at it. I think you're exactly right, and especially with um, um, especially with like this White Sox series, um, there was just a lot of. Uh, I, I I think it's just it's very silly. Um, um, I guess right before we we jump into this recap, I, um, uh, I just thought I think it was a bit amazing that they. Uh, some people on the White Sox had the nerve to, especially with like Lance Lynn yelling out uh, freak, freaking cheaters. I did not say the exact word because I tried to keep it as clean as possible. Uh, certainly not that way on Twitter. A little bit more <laughs> well, edgy. I, I, I will, I, let me say this about that series. So, so number one, I don't want to, I don't want to see the Astros have to play those guys in the playoffs. They will be a better team. They're not as bad as they were this weekend, and anyone who thinks that they are um, is kidding themselves, even with the defensive uh, limitations that they showed. That's a really good baseball team, and so the Astros are missing Bregman and they're missing Tucker. Uh, the White Sox are missing a couple of really big-time studs as well who can just flat-out rake, and so that is, a, that is a seriously great team. And Lance Lynn, despite his numbers being really bad against the Astros over a significant amount of time, he is... He is a terrific pitcher who can hold people down and who can really, you know, peel off an amazing, an amazing run as he did really until uh, the start before he came into this series with the Astros. So I don't really want any part of them. And I also don't think that this exercises the demons of 2005. Uh, that, that World Series still, still haunts me. I will say this, this weekend's series against them was much more of a uh, mismatch than that World Series was, despite the fact that World Series was 4-0. And um, the Astros blew both games in Chicago, basically. And then our friend Blummer uh, did what he did. I love you, Blummer, except in that 10-second sec- <laughs> stretch of your life. <laughs> so, so it's... it's uh, anyway, that, I thought the series... It was, look, it was a blast to watch. Um, it was amazing to see the Astros, you know, continue that streak of uh, multi-homer games and, and to tie the team they're playing this week, the Orioles, for, for having done so in, uh, in that many consecutive games. So that was, that was impressive. Uh, the place was, was electric, and fans got to, see, uh, got to see basically a bunch of Skeeters come up and and you know play like uh play like killer bees so that was pretty cool um they they played a terrific terrific series i but i to repeat uh the white Sox, despite the fact that that it was uh nonsense that they continued to perpetuate this ridiculous absurd debunked completely debunked myth about buzzers whether you ask jeff passan or you ask the commissioner himself uh, the buzzer thing was a non-story. It was not based in reality. It was absurd and preposterous, and they even looked into it and basically buried it the way the Astros buried Beltron's glove in that ceremony, which brings me back to Beltron. <laughs> oh. Brings me back to Beltron and brings me back to how much those young players um, looked up to him. Players who were really I- in an early, early part of their journey. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the young players, uh, I want to talk, like, so uh, on the June 17th game, so it was a Thursday game, we had Urquidy versus Dylan Cease. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, yep. And Urquidy, I've just continued to be endlessly impressed. I think that he, we are seeing him mature and really, I mean, he already, the first, his debut was uh, at the Rockies ballpark, and yeah. he did extremely good. But his his well, no, his yeah, ability... don't forget the world. The fact he he was a, he was he was a stud in the World Series. I mean, he came up big. In, oh yeah, uh, in, in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So this thing he just I mean what he just did this this uh, on on Thursday. I mean, to only give up what was it four hits, seven innings, something like that. Feels like that was yeah. right. Yeah, he yeah. Had like five four hits, counts, uh, four, four hits, hits and seven innings. Oh yeah, five Ks. Yeah, no, no, he was he was. He it was beautiful, but the other thing was it was so good. The offense did what it did, so you really only had to come in with uh, Belak and 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 Garza, which was really interesting. Um, his uh, I like to see um because I've like I've gone through and I've cataloged. I, I like to really nerd out. I really really love the game of baseball, and I really 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 love the Houston Astros. So I've gone through and I've cataloged all of his pitches since he debuted in the MLB and his sliders and his four seamers have just gotten and he's gotten incredible response from them. A lot of, uh, the, he has a few like ground outs. He's a, he's a good strikeout, uh, strikeout guy. Um, and I've just been, uh, Toro's production, especially in the first game, um, and Altuve homering for his fourth time in three games. Um, I know Dusty was quoted saying he continues to amaze uh, he he's he continues to amaze uh, us hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, I feel like Erkiti really quieted the uh, White Sox lineup. What I really liked about Erkiti is that uh, not only is uh, he going he's going deeper into the games now, and but he's not really he you know in the last game he only walked one person you know like he's keeping him in the strike zone and he's just letting the players. You know, like everybody behind them just play defense, you know. But I do like the strikeouts. But uh, the fact that they're going deeper into getting quality starts is what is really impressing. Oh my gosh! I mean, they need it. They need it so much. Think of you know, flashback to the to the misplay of the ball um, at first base and, and against the Padres, and how it was like, oh man, the sky is falling. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Are they, are they all just realizing who they are or whatever? And, and I mean, there's so much parity in the, in the league right now, the game, across the entire sport, that if you can just get chemistry, and that's why I, I, I do get get uh, frustrated with all of the, the dusty um, attacks because you just really cannot underestimate, first of all, that Strom is running the pitching staff. Anyone who doesn't realize that is just deciding to hate on Dusty, and that's absurd. But the chemistry and the way he pulls that together, and I think after that Yankee game, when when uh, the F Altuve game, when uh, although they're all F Altuve games for the Yankees, 162 games a year, and for for the Astros when they play the Yankees, <laughs> and so that that uh, that particular F Altuve game when I saw Dusty hugging him in the dugout, you know, after that went all the way over to him, and you know, whatever prot- protocols aside, he's like, man, I'm hugging that little guy. And I, I, I had this vis- visual of Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think Boo Boo is going to catch on. I don't think Jose once said as a nickname, but, uh, but that was what I saw. It was just like, Oh my God, they were just, uh, 
they were just a couple of couple of uh, great animated characters in that moment for me. That's why I love the home run so yeah. much. It was just like a big time, like that's right, New York. You know, that's well, it was, and then the, the dude who lives oh, in New yeah. York, who Michelle. I hope Michelle meets him sometime. I don't live far from you guys. I'm down in in uh, PA. I, I was in New York. Yeah, I was in New York, and I was actually at that game. Uh, with uh, so Colin. With Colin, are you with Colin and 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 uh, Doc? Yeah. Uh, he's well. He's hype beast uh, on Twitter now. It's like his like sixth or seventh. No, it's got to be more than that Twitter <laughs> account. Uh, speaking of, I should probably people are like, we're uh, you should probably start a burner, Michelle. And I was like, uh, or a backup account. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but um, the. Uh, yeah the game there it was just amazing it was fantastic the people behind us there is a few there's a few uh yankees uh yankees fans behind us um uh, and they after like after he hit the home run like yeah they were booing him but they're like all right you know we gotta respect that um well good for them i mean that guy who made the video in this in center field who's also a native houstonian i guess um the hilarious video we're not going to do this anymore uh, he did a great job. That was a great little post that he had uh, on his social media. I noticed that he posted today something about maybe going down to Baltimore, so I hope he does. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but the other cool thing is to see that from the other fan bases, whether it's Seppi or this guy, JC, in New York, you see people yes. who kind of just get it that it's a game, everybody, and these people are actually kind of cool, and maybe they're actually worn out from getting beat up over something that – a few a few players took, or these you know a chunk of players took took part in that was going on across the game, and they they're wearing this scarlet letter, and they sort of get that we're doing what we do with a sense of humor, but also with a sense of perspective. And I I, you know, I can't get Seppi to follow me back, and I can't get that JC dude to follow me. So I just I will put in a good word. No 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 no. It, it, now it's out there. I just put it out there. But I, I just I follow them, and then I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm leaving this hanging out there. I don't. So I still don't know the protocol. You follow somebody, you give them maybe a couple of days to follow you back, and if they don't, okay, no hard feelings. But I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna follow you. You're still gonna show up in my feed. So it, <laughs> whatever whatever people whatever people feel like, just do what you feel like. <laughs> But I promise I'm one of the, I'm one of the people worth uh, worth following. So that sounds like like a desperate plea. It, it is approaching that. One hundred percent. No, JC <laughs> is. Um, we, we all went across because uh, there's a bar by I think it's Billy's. I think it's the name. There's a bar right by the stadium that yep. we all went to. Um, they were, you know, people like to have a good time. There was a lot of drinks. Um, I myself do not indulge because it's just not for me i'm more of like a all overindulge in like nachos or like hot wings there we go that's like my nacho game is strong nachos um, well they need better fake beer and fake alcohol that at least looks like because I, I understand the peer pressure of that because it goes into it you know people are like having a drink they're having a good time and you feel like they're judging you when you're not it's kind of like Come on, I do, maybe I maybe I don't have a gallbladder. Maybe I don't have whatever. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just don't exactly. want to put that in my system. Just you know, everybody chill. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not looking down on you because you're drinking. Because I'm. I'm generally high on whatever's going on around me, and you know. So we got to solve that. We need to come up with some better fake brand, fake fake uh, fake alcohol brands. All right, I'll get my people in touch with your yeah. people, and we will set down a pitch meeting. Yeah, I mean, they, and even if it has some oh, caffeine blast happen. or something. Yeah. 
yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's a, that's a good project. <laughs> so on June, let's talk about the June 18th game, Luis yep. Garcia versus Rondon, uh, or Rondon. I, I'm real bad at, I'm dyslexic. So I have a hard time pronouncing things, even if I see Rondon. it. In writing. Rondon. Yeah. Rondon. Yep. I think it was just Rondon. Yeah. Rondon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luis Garcia. Oh my gosh. Another fantastic a fantastic young pitcher uh, and he was even uh, there was somebody on MLB network talking about him saying that he should be in the all-star game which I 100% agree and he's especially he one one guy who we've seen he's really like we've seen his mature um, uh, he's matured in front of our eyes he's grown in front of our eyes as a pitcher his control and his command have just gotten really just so so good he matched a career high of a uh, what eight Eight strikeouts yeah. in the game. He had eight game. strikeouts. He had eight strikeouts. He only walked a couple of uh, batters, you know, so he was on top of his game big time. Well, he, I mean, I don't know who saw that coming, but whoever did, it may have been Jane, our friend uh, who's covered the Astros minor leagues and done such an amazing job. But I, I didn't, you know, you, you see that, oh my God, they don't have Cole anymore. They don't have Verlander anymore. What is going on? What is this going to be like? How's it going to work? Grinky's throwing the ball in the, you know, in the low 90s. And which he always, which he has for the last several years, but you start, you thought there would start to be some cracks in uh, in what that pitching staff is going to look like. But for for Aquino to do what he did, then Garcia to follow that up, when basically the pitching matchup favored the White Sox on on paper going into each of those first two games. I mean, Rondon threw a no hitter this year. He was a a top draft pick, and uh, he had really seemed to have gotten in a groove. And they just come off winning two out of three against a race. So those two pitchers did a, did masterful jobs. They really did. And um, how about your dog's game ending double? That was just oh my gosh, that was so freaking good. Uh, Dusty said there's going to be nights where everyone isn't going to get hits. So to have somebody come through and get a big hit is what it's all about, and it's what winning teams do. Well, and Yuli went, and Yuli motoring around from uh, from from first to home. That was uh, that was something else. It was like watching a watching a horse race. And oh, yeah. he had yeah. some wheels, man. He had some wheels that night. He had some wheels. What I he, feel like we're seeing. I'm so sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, no, he did. They were kind of Flintstones wheels. It looked like to me, but 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 he uh, another very reference that definitely dates me. I did Boo Boo and I did the Flintstones in the same podcast. Man. Hey. <laughs> I, I, that, is not, that is not good. Anyway, so best way to reveal a boy in the 1955s. <laughs> well, listen, I watched those cartoons when right, I was good. younger. Um, so you're not dating yourself. That just makes me feel. Um, but what I think we're seeing here is that the there that winning mentality is there, and I feel like there's what everybody getting healthy at the same time, and the offense, all, all of the offense firing on all cylinders at the same time is going to be really just something scary. There's a good group mindset. Um, and Alvarez, uh, you know, he said after that game, the plan was not to get desperate at the plate. Wasn't trying, he uh, wasn't trying to get, wasn't trying to hit a home run. He said, uh, I just wanted to make a good solid contact with the ball. No, he's, he's a mature hitter. I mean, he is really something else. He needs to stay healthy. And I think they've, they finally gotten that uh, that under control with him, sticking him out in left field too when when uh, when Fromber pitches because he doesn't uh, give up as many fly balls. Uh, it's great, you know. They 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 really are sticking to having a having a really smart front office and and doing it and applying it in all the right ways. I get, I mean, take take a look at what Stanek and Presley did in that game too. I mean, 
Garcia, as great as he was, Stanek strikes out two in his one inning of work, and Presley strikes out the side uh, uh, to close it out. So it was, uh, man, it's a sight to behold when a team is clicking like that. Yeah, and that's what, uh, that, you know, that's what Dusty said after the game. He said a winning streak is usually about that. You find ways to win. We've been getting good pitching. We've been pitching. We've been pitching deep. And I, it's like, that's I, right. just I just can't. Yeah, I just can't express my uh, fandom and love for this team enough and what they've been doing. And then, I mean, uh, we had so Urquidy, We had. Garcia and on the 19th, you know, on uh, Saturday, we had uh, Framber Valdez. Like, he's so good. It's unreal. Um, he had such a strong start in that game. Well, I mean, think about it. Early, before the season started, there was worry that he'd be out for more than just a couple of months. And, you know, to, to come back the way he did and to be almost perfect in the time he's been back. I mean, record wise, and I know people don't care about pitcher wins, at least in some circles, but you know, he's four and oh, and he's got an ERA under two and he was going up against Lance Lynn, who's arguably a, you know, a, an all-star starter and, and an ace. So it was uh, again, and they, and they jumped out. And even though the White Sox tied it up going into the bottom of the third, that's when the Astros erupted for four. And it was uh Another example of how this the, the snowballing success that they're that they're having right now. It's only June, so you want to make sure they replicate it later. But it, it's uh, it's great that they've gotten hot when they have, and that the Yankees finally uh, finally figured out how to how to beat the A's. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. No, so that was a relief. Um, and like yesterday's game was. Uh, oh my gosh! It was so so good. Um. Uh, I don't. Well, remember. And, it was, and it was an unstressful game. Like you go into it, going into it, you think, okay, McCullers is going to give you like five innings, and somebody's got to go four. It's going to be a tandem start type of a deal, and they can't, you know, keep relying on short relief necessarily. So you're figuring, okay, this is going to be a nail biter uh, with Keuchel pitching. But Dallas did what he does uh, to some extent: is he, he flirts with trouble in that first inning. Um, he tries to get people to chase. But the thing about the Astros that that has been true during this entire run, whether they're um, whether they, they're dealing with the, the, the issues and the accusations and, and the nonsense, they are really good at laying off pitches out of the strike zone. And when the Astros are frustrated with a pitch, this is true, by the way, of a lot of great hitters. When they're frustrated about a bad call by an umpire, it is amazing how right the hitter is. If you can only just trust them to call their own balls and strikes, these guys know the strike zone so amazingly well. And the umpires have a blind spot, which I think someday there will be some robotic umpiring solution that exists. But, you know, Keiko was flirting around the edges and he wasn't getting the calls and they weren't strikes and the Astros laid off him. And then when he threw in the zone, they, they, they made him pay. So it was, uh, it was a heck of a performance. And that's what they all have said, like, despite them being frustrated with the loss, that that's what they all have said. And even with some of like the nastier fans, they've admitted that like, uh, you know, the Astros are a good team. And and like, there was a lot of doubt surrounding them this season because, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have Springer, you know, uh, Verlander is out. Um, It looked like Framber was going to be out. I mean, we haven't seen Pedro Baez. Austin Pruitt is finally joining us. Um, I mean, we still have some big pieces that are not in play right now. Um, 
Yeah, and the fact the fact we don't have a Lebanese Diaz either right now on that roster is another interesting. So you don't have a Lebanese Diaz, you don't have Alex Bregman, and you don't have Kyle Tucker, and you don't have and then then take the free agency departures um, and the injury departure of, of Verlander. It's a pretty amazing, you know, what what they've taken. And then the fact they've been they've they've had the penalty on the from a draft standpoint, uh, and even from uh, from a free agent standpoint, it was just a, a difficult last couple of years, year and a half. And the fact that they've held it together and the pipeline looks so damn good—that's the thing that ought to catch people's attention. You take you take the signing of Pedro Leon and what that kid is going to be—pretty pretty amazing stuff. Um, and, and, yeah. and Corey Lee just hit a grand slam the other night. He's a he's a you know he's a he's a, a catcher who will probably arrive, maybe not next year, but the year after that. And you just gotta you gotta you gotta tip your hat to a great extent at what how they've been able to persevere and continue to prosper. I know, uh, and one young player that we have not mentioned yet, Taylor Jones. Uh, you know, he hasn't. I mean, he's still very young, but he has. I mean, his double yesterday. My goodness, he smacked that ball so hard. I don't think I've seen it bounce off that area of the like the, that wall of the ballpark like ever. It was. I thought it was going to be because he smacked it and then like bounced and then bounced again. It was just unreal. It was like high. It was like a high live um, highlight. It was it was uh, it ricocheted all the way back toward the infield and and uh, pretty uh, pretty phenomenal the way he smoked that ball and and by the way just the way he been been able to, I think he's a role player for the you know for his career but to have that kind of a highlight and to still have his head held high and to play as well as he's played um, since that misplayed pop up against the Padres says something about what he's got going on between his ears. Yeah, he's a. I mean, I. Rob and I had the privilege of uh, talking to him for a short amount of time. Uh, it was a real brief night because we caught him on the, uh, the, he had just gotten the second dose of the vaccine earlier in the day and the side effects were hitting him. And it's like, he is such a gracious person. He's super, exactly what you said. He has a great mindset. And um, I just, uh, I think about, I, I get, sometimes I get nervous with uh, some of the, cause I like to track like, who are the free, when are the contracts expiring? Who are the free agents? And then the second I start to like get kind of nervous about it, I'm just, I look at players like Taylor Jones, players like Abraham Toro, who, I mean, who's stepped up in a big way. He's, I mean, Dusty said, and I think this was after the game on the 17th, good to, uh, good to come up here and see that your hard work and improvements pay off so quickly. Um, well, I'll and, tell you this about Dusty. Dusty, and this is true of every organization he's worked for. He helps players believe in themselves more than the players themselves. There's not any doubt that Dusty Baker, from a standpoint of helping a person believe and helping a first person feel a sense of loyalty and appreciation for the break that he gives them, is powerful. And, and, it, and it shows. So I, I think that's what you see out of some of these guys who are, who are good fill-ins and good utility guys, good people you can use in a variety of ways. He helps people believe in themselves, and that is uh, that's not something you should underestimate. Anybody should. Well, especially with like Straw, because I know that he has. I mean, he's had his struggles. He's been inconsistent. I have not slandered him, by the way. I want that to go on record. I have defended him, and I have told people, "You owe him an apology." Um, <laughs> they do because he is. Well, what what impresses me the most? I think he's been talking to John Jay like once a week, and Dusty helped arrange that. And I think I think um, Des from Apollo was one of the guys who told me that. And also I've got ties to Dusty and, 
And I think that what I'm seeing the most is that's that's forget. Not, I'm not gonna say forget the offense. The offense is 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 a, is a bonus. But the fact that he's actually tracking balls much better, running to the spot, and then getting in position to make a play, he is he's done that. The last three or four really hard hit balls that that otherwise maybe a month ago, um, he wouldn't have gotten to or he would have misplayed would have made it more of an adventure. Um, he's been solid. So I got to say that that's a, uh, that's a welcome surprise as well. You can't replace George Springer uh, in terms of the, the overall production and the, and the energy that he brings, but uh, you know, straw has been, has been really helpful and a pleasant surprise over the course of this last month. Uh, he is one of my, uh, he's one of my, I have a, I don't know why I just have a soft spot for, Miles Straw, I think he's fantastic, and uh, well, he's good on Twitter. He's good on Twitter too. I know, I know, I know. You got to, you got to give him a couple points for that. He's okay on Twitter. And uh, by the way, he is. And, and they're uh, the Stubbs is Stubbs is not so bad on Twitter himself. So oh. you know, there's some personality in this group that is uh, is infectious, and yeah. that's uh, that's a really that's a really neat thing. Uh, Tyler, I had to work I, the word, I had to I had to work the word neat into my appearance. By the way. Thank just, you. Just for oh your bit. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I just want to get invited back. I knew there was stuff. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And you know, like that, that was is like the way. The, that is the way. like the secret, like passcode. Like, what's the passcode? You nailed it. Um, <laughs> um, well, Tyler Ivy is a young pitcher who made his debut in Arlington. He, somebody was, uh, came after him and he's like, yeah, I masterminded the whole cheating scheme all the way from rookie ball. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, they, um, somebody, uh, uh, somebody had said something to him and he's like, yeah, it's 2021. We clap back baby. And I was like, no, that's right. Good for them. Good for that's them. Funny. I mean, by the way, I, I, Tyler Ivey is not the guy, if I'm an opposing team fan that I would be picking on because there's a chance. Oh, no way. If his dad's sitting nearby, you got big trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! Like he, uh, I mean, he was standing up and he was celebrating. Uh, he was like, like he was just really excited because Tyler had done something. And even in that moment, he looked like very like intimidating. I won't say scary because, you know what? I, yeah, I will say scary because it struck the fear. No, he had, kind of, he, had, he, had, he had kind of a roadhouse right. roadhouse moxie to him, and that that's yep. uh, that's all you need to know. Roadhouse Moxie. Oh, my, uh, speaking of Moxie, I have this old poster. It's like a Ted Williams poster that says uh, he's doing like an advertisement for Moxie Cola. Oh, love it. That's great. Yes, if, you ever get like down, if you ever get down to Captiva, Florida, there's a Ted, Ted uh, Williams Fishing Hall of Fame. And oh well, it's not far from where the Red Sox train over in uh, Fort Myers. But yeah, and it's just, it's just, you know, it's just lovely little vestibule slash hall of fame of, you know, Ted Williams back in the day fishing. Anyway, you remind, oh my gosh. reminded me of that. It's Neat on thing. my baseball bucket list. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that is it for the time being. Um, but we will definitely have you back, uh, since you, you know, said the secret word. Um, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me. It's going to be a fun week with the, the games in Baltimore and then the games in Detroit. Uh, so neither one of those cities has any reason to boo the Astros with a straight face. So anyway, it should be just a pleasant week without any kind of uh, hostility. I say that with great sarcasm. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to check out ramshirts.com for all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Uh, I am Michelle. 
Uh, Mario, you want to go ahead and sign off? Oh, yeah, I'm Mario. And Dan, you want to sign off? Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm going to call you guys Eminem, so that's good. I appreciate M&Ms it very much. Are good. Eminems are good. I love Eminems. All right. All right thank you, guys. Until next time. All right, time. Take, take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.